the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning, my dear friends, to all our dear audience on KNUS 710 AM or via podcast. I welcome all of you. This morning, we shall interact first by waking up, praising God. If you're married, give a good and warm, safe greeting to your wife or to your husband. Give a good, warm morning hug or welcome with a special social distancing safety, of course, to your children and to all those who you live with. Do me a favor. It's okay to turn on your radio at 6 a.m. on Sunday morning. Next, of course, let us warm up the day by being nice to each other and by being nice to the Lord. This is Father Andre, and good Holy Sunday morning with God. Good Holy Sunday morning, my friends. Um, It's been a beautiful time with you. It's been a difficult time in our nation and in the world. Today we offer the prayer for all those who have fell as victims for this awful disease, the COVID. And for those who are also fallen victims of uh, medical neglect, that they have chronic diseases they can't attend to, or they are being neglected or rejected or refused services because of their choices on not being vaccinated. Um, I pray also for family unity. Family, grow up, have more wisdom. If part of your family decide to be vaccinated for their beautiful health, that's fine. If family members decide not to be vaccinated and they're taking the proper precautions and they're following up with their own doctors uh, to do what is right, also pray for them but remain united. American family united is the hope for this nation to remain and to go through this valley of the shadow of death and not being destroyed. Today we have with us also, for one more time, she's extremely generous with us in her time, um, Mercedes Schlepp. I call her Mercy because I love um, to associate her name with the the divine mercy uh, that comes from uh, our Holy Father through Jesus Christ's divine mercy and in the Immaculate Heart of the Virgin Mary. She's our guest today for one more time. And uh, we will pray today as well um, for your personal and particular intentions. I will offer my private Mass for your intentions. If you have anything on your mind, say it and God will hear it and I will offer the Mass for it as well. And um, let us say something from uh, Archbishop Fulton Sheen. The promise of the Gospel of St. Matthew is uh, still waiting for those who are willing to hear it. Remember what the Lord promised us in the Gospel of Matthew. Come to me, all you that labor and are burdened. I will give you rest. Again, come to me, all you that labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. We're coming to All Saints Day. We're coming to All Souls. We just are celebrating them. We are in a time soon to celebrate Thanksgiving, to enter into Advent and into Christmas. It is time to think on the level of being holy in our lives and to introduce Mercy's um, uh, episode as well this time. 
I want to speak of the goodwill of why I am personally um, very attracted to the good work of uh, Matchlap and Mercy. You know, um, Fulton Sheen says, if our wills are on the side of God, Mercy, listen to this. Good morning, by the way. Good morning, Father. Look what Fulton Sheen said about you and about people like you without you knowing. If our wills are on the side of God, we cannot be discouraged. For the side which we have chosen is always victorious, is never flouted. God is self-preserving and evil is self-defeating. I shall repeat that. God is self-preserving and evil is self-defeated. The reality of things is ever on the side of God. And for this, I want us today with mercy to pray Psalm 144. It's a prayer for victory and peace. I want to anticipate with the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ coming, with the gathering of families between Halloween and Thanksgiving and the time of Advent, as uh, Paul said to the Philippians in chapter 4, verse 13, I can do all things in him who strengthens me. Blessed be the Lord, my rock who trains my arms for battle, who prepares my hands for war. He is my love, my fortress. He is my stronghold, my savior, my shield, my place of refuge. He brings the peoples under my rule. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Mercy, what did you think about this message from God to you, to Matt, and to all of your friends that work in the public domain, that you should never give up? You are on the right side as long as you are on the side of God, on the side of virtue, on the side of repentance, on the side of encouragement, uh, solace to the friends and to the enemies even. You are on the good side. It's okay to go through trials and tribulations and anguish, anxiety. You know, these are permitted things. They are permitted things by the very one who gives the peace. I pray today for all of our listeners and for you, Mercy, that God will give you this peace at all times. Good morning. Well, thank you, Father. I mean, good morning. And I think, uh, you know, we all are at a point right now trying to see in this moment of darkness and in this moment of crisis in our country and I think across the globe, but particularly in America, uh, where there is so much darkness and you're hoping that you can see the light. But it is true that God prepares you for battle, and uh, and if you listen, right? <laughs> and I think a lot of times people are so busy in their lives, they're not uh, sitting down and, and listening. And it was interesting, I had a wonderful meeting yesterday with a Ghanaian uh, pastor who shared with me, he said, um, and I wish I, I had brought the book with me here, but the, he basically said that the Americans have a tendency of giving a homily, or, you know, for an hour and then praying for 10 minutes. And it should be the other way around. You should pray for an hour and give a homily for 10 minutes. <laughs> I thought that was such a brilliant, brilliant advice, which is always spending time right now, really spending time with the Lord to, to listen to Him and ask Him what we need. You know, talking right now about this personal time, I, I wrote a line. I said that usually the personal happiness and the morality of the public servants depend on their constant relationship with God and on freedom and on freedom. Your personal relationship with God and on freedom. You did enjoy freedom and you did enjoy uh, your personal time with God even during your busiest time at the White House as a strategic communication director under President uh, Trump. Um, do you think 
that today there is personal happiness and how do you describe the morality of the public servants today? What's going on under an administration that sides God and somehow? Well, I mean, I think the Democrats feel like, and I think it's very under, important to understand, I've been in politics for a long time. The Democrats really believe that politics and government is their religion. It's where they think you're going to find the best solution to the country's problems. And people of faith don't feel that. People of faith believe in uh, that it is in your churches, it is in the faith communities, it is within your family that you find and build consensus and find solutions to the most difficult of problems. I remember even when I worked for President Bush uh, back in the early 2000s, one of the areas that we really focused on was on helping support faith-based organizations uh, to help uh, individuals, for example, if they were to get out of jail and where do they go to get help. Uh, and get retrained. Uh, we believe in the life pregnancy centers that are in local communities that are telling women, choose life, choose adoption, don't, you know, kill a baby, and uh, really providing the health services that they need. And so I think when, when for the federal government, for that, for, and for the Democrats, their thing is throw money at the problem uh-huh. and build more of these entitlement programs. And when you build more of these entitlement programs, it becomes more and more layers of bureaucracy where you're literally paying more and more of these employees at the federal level without solving the local problems. And uh, the ones that best know are going to be the local governments, the local parishes, the families that are in that community of what they need in order to mercy did God did God I have to ask you a complex question about your emotions when you lived three peak times in your career at the White House you lived and survived 9/11 attack I do believe you and Matt or Matt was in the White House at that time and you too you did also live the presidency of President Trump and uh, religious freedom experience. And um, you did live also um, basically the failure of the in, in the U.S. election for whatever what reason. There was a sudden change and there is this secularist attack, communist attack. And as you said, politics have become the religion of the United States of America. I want to repeat this. This is a good Sunday morning with Father Andre. And Mercy Schlapp just said a big word that is very important and is alarming. Politics today, according to a specific party in politics that is governing today, has become God and has become the religion of the United States. And it seems religious leaders are a little bit uh, dealing with it, following it, or uh, or giving it uh, a due respect in somehow. Mercy, what were your emotions? What's the difference between 9-11? What emotion did it spark in you? And the experience under President Trump and your possibilities of religious freedom in the United States and for the world, protecting the persecuted Christians, especially with our work, as you supported and you have seen the mission of hope and mercy, the apostolate of Our Lady of Hope, and uh, the total failure of all these dreams going into politics that have become or it's been imposed to be the religion of this nation. What emotions did all these three experiences spark in you? Well, I think when we, you know, I think there was always an understanding. And when it was under President Bush, uh, George Bush, and, you know, there there were, you saw the horrors happening 
Christians, the Yazidis, uh, the, the Christians that were in Iraq, and how they were slaughtered. And, I mean, Father, we spent a lot of time during the Trump years where you brought a lot of awareness to these issues of persecuted Christians throughout the globe, including persecuted Muslims as Muslims well. Muslims as well. And when you had ISIS and al-Qaeda really focused on growing their caliphate uh, and, and taking over these areas, which it happened under President Obama, you know, President Trump came into power, and his goal was to decimate ISIS, and his, his goal was to get rid of these radical Islamic terrorists. Correct, and, and ask the Muslim nations to collaborate to peace by them, right. yes, giving them the opportunity, and, actually. And so, right, and I think what both Presidents Bush and Trump understood is that there's no place in this world for radical Islam. There's no place in this, there was this war on terror, because what we do know with these radical Islamic terrorists is that their goal is to destroy the West Western civilization. That is their ultimate goal. Their goal is that they hate America. Um, and it's ISIS-K, it's Al-Qaeda, it's the Taliban. And, uh, you know, to, to President Bush's credit, his, one of his legacies was to uh, basically stop the spread of, of the power of the Taliban in Afghanistan, give more uh, freedom to Afghan women and children. And sadly, in just what I find the most catastrophic foreign policy division with President Biden withdrawing our troops, suddenly withdrawing our troops, with no uh, exit plan that was going to work effectively, and leave behind all these pro-American uh, Afghan forces, pro-American Afghan interpreters, their families, just leave them behind to die. And I spoke to an Afghan interpreter who told me he's in the United States, and he told me that he became an interpreter at the age of 16, and he was side-by-side side our American for years. And he loves America. And he yes. told me, he said, with what we saw with President Biden, he goes, my friends are receiving letters in Afghanistan saying, either you surrender or we will execute you. Well, you know what's going to happen. This is now oh, during during this during during the surrender that happened recently, right? A few yeah. months back, and so, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I mean, there's there's a huge, huge tragedy and darkness that has come over the people of Afghanistan because this idiotic and incompetent American president and his team have failed the Afghan people and allowed this country to go under the control of terrorists. And I mean. You understand this perfectly between Hezbollah and what we've seen in the Middle East, with Hamas, and what we've seen in the Middle East, and how they rule with terror. Right. Uh, and, and so it, it, is, um, it is, to me, something that I find it has shown our hand, what has been revealed, is that under the Biden presidency, America has been weakened on the international stage.
Uh, Mercy, is there, is there a way? I do not know. You, you cannot because you worked in from 2001 till 221. This is 20 years of beautiful career, conservative politics uh, that is accompanied by virtues, by values, by openness, actually, to the other side. You try to fit. Uh, you and Matt, you, you never are conservative by means of doctrinal. You're conservative by means of virtue and values and uh, ethics. That's, that's what it is, basically. But you really... Um, accept diversity and you respect the people personal pains and personal or communal experiences and you try to fit them and you try to make their voices heard and in, in this experience did you see a side of american viciousness in its international politics and do you see that side now moving to become a domestic viciousness i mean we as i'm an immigrant we always saw a complex behavior of the united states international politics on one end united states promises all goods and as a consequence it always attacks its own friends and it lets go of them we have seen it in afghanistan we have seen it in lebanon lebanon has been hand delivered as well africa has been hand delivered there is a mysterious viciousness in somehow do you agree on that? And it, did this mysterious viciousness move to become now domestic? Are they applying the viciousness now domestically through the vaccine mandate and the lack of religious freedom? You know, I, I don't know that part. I know what, you know, I think we're just watching very carefully um, on what what the left is trying to do. And I can just tell you, just you know, what I, what I see more so is their infiltration into our children's public schools, uh, where you're having the children be very, uh, you know, creating this gender confusion at the age of four or five, mm-hmm. pushing forward critical race theory, um, which we know is only caused divisiveness amongst uh, our families and our children, and, uh, and, and it's not what we should be teaching our children. We should be teaching what Martin Luther King has taught us, which is not the color of your skin, but uh, what, you know, your character. And, uh, and also, you know, Jesus' language of love, love one another. It's very, very, very basic. Um, and I just find that the rejection of anything that is regarding the church or, or pushing back and, and really creating this chaos and confusion, starting at a very young level. And remember, this comes from their, the leftist obsession with Marxism, where they believe that it is the government who should tell, you know, the parents how children should be raised, that the government's the one delivering the the moral uh, indicators. So the left has become a theocratic um, government, and Americans are still thinking we live in a democratic um, government. No, it's a a one-sided conversation, and the thing is, it's why you're seeing parents rise up. Parents who were never politically involved, parents who literally got to see a glimpse of what their children were learning in the public schools and might can't afford to send their kids to a private school or a Catholic school. And the parents are outraged and they stand up. And what do you get? You get the National School Board Association calling these parents domestic terrorists. You've got uh, the Attorney General, Merrick Garland, basically pushing forward and asking the FBI to investigate these uh, parents. And and it is creating an, a hostile environment. It is creating more federal oversight in what I consider are local matters. And uh, it's really a dangerous path that we're taking. 
So this hostile environment, and it's producing a crisis. It's producing crisis of division inside our families, inside our institutions of government and private sector, doctors, private jobs, lawyers, police, armed forces, government employees, other officials who did not get the vaccine, let's say. They are being sanctioned. They are being punished. What will happen in America as a possible violence? What, what, what do, you, do you predict? Can you see a logical consequence of violence? Do you have information that uh, unless senators no, and congressmen... I don't have no, I mean, I think, look, we've seen the violence happening in our cities. Last year when Black Lives Matter and Antifa would burn our cities down, where they thought it was justified to use their quote-unquote anger to, um, to basically uh, threaten our police, threaten our communities, hurt minority businesses in these cities. And uh, so we've seen the violence. We've seen it happen in cities like Port- Portland, where there's still confrontation. Right. Or, uh, you know, we had that incident up in, in Seattle, which was Chaz, which they took over land there. And it was like, it's such a disaster. So, so I pray that there is no violence. I, I don't want to in any way think that or, or predict that something like that will happen. But what you are seeing is an uprise by the parents and people who have had enough and are pushing back. And they are not going to allow the school board members to dictate a extreme curriculum. In some cases, you find very inappropriate books um, uh, promoting, I mean, they're almost pornographic books, um, in, in our library. And, uh, and we as parents have the responsibility to take our kids' education back in control of our hands uh, and be able to warn the children that you know this is this is not right and uh and i think the parents have to be very very alert because this is coming from any social media channels the kids are watching this is coming from the public schools they're getting fed this propaganda day in and day out and we have a responsibility to make sure that we are um, very close to our children so they understand what's going on. We have, um, I, we have about a few minutes, but uh, I want to ask you short. I have a few questions for short answers. Did God delay his help when you were in the administration under Trump? Did you see that God delayed his help for President Trump, yes or no? Sorry, delay? I can't hear the question. Delayed. Did, did God delay his help? Did God delay in his aid? Did you expect something from God and it did not come? You know, I think uh, what I can say is I feel that there was so much prayer. I know I traveled across the country during the campaign, so did my husband. There was a lot of Uh, We put our heart and soul into it, and we had a lot of people who were praying so much for the president. And so, you know, we were saddened by the results. We were saddened by what happened. Uh, And we can only hope that we all learn from, from this experience and we prepare for battle uh, for when, you know, as we go into the next few years. And, and so I feel that God is always with us. I don't can American people trust, ever. can American people trust the election in a few years, the one? And do you think, um, President Trump would run in 2020, whenever four or something? 24. 24. Yeah, I don't know if he will run in 2024. He seems that he's energized and would like, you know, is interested in running again, but we're still a long way away. I think we're really focused on winning these midterm elections in 2022. I do think that there's still a lot of concern with election integrity in certain states. 
And I do wish, I really would wish that both Republicans and Democrats could come together to try to really solve this issue of corrupt election corrupt files, election, where yeah. the name doesn't match the address. You know, we, we should find common ground in voter ID, which we need an ID, we need a vaccine passport that we have to show at some restaurant. Oh, my God. Yeah. And we can't have a voting, voter ID. It's an outrage. So I just feel that I wish we could find common ground in that area, and we'll be very uh, involved. At least CPAC and the American Federal Union will be very, very involved in making sure that we uphold election integrity and voter integrity in the state. Mercy, Colorado loves you. I have some messages for you from Fulton Sheen that I'm reading, and I love to send you this book. The less we connect with the, with the providence of God with all that happens, the more we are upset with the smallest annoyances of daily life. And this is your message and my message to all conservative friends and family members who care. Be connected with the divine providence because it is a part of the disciple discipline of God to make his loved ones perfect through trial and suffering. Mercy, you and Matt, and many like you, and many families, many individuals, all these workers are suffering on a daily basis, undergoing trials and suffering. Only by carrying the cross can one reach the resurrection. And my last message is this from Fulton Sheen. God's delays are mysterious. Sorrow is sometimes prolonged for the same reason for which it is sent. God may abstain for the moment from healing, not because love does not love, but because love never stops loving. And a greater good is to come from the war. A greater good is to come from the war. So America, remember, a greater good will come from the war. Heaven's clock is different from ours. No real good is ever done without some cost and pain to the doer. You have leading families like Mercedes, like Matt, who have undergone already this daily pain to deliver to us a United States to cherish as a nation under God. Let us join them in this effort. Be peacemakers, forgive our enemies, and lead the world in charity and in goodness. Thank you so very much for joining us, Mercy, and say our greatest greeting to you, to your family, and to Matt. And I hope to talk to you soon. May God bless us all on this holy and great Sunday. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for joining us today for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Father Andre and his team rely on your prayers and generosity to help feed over 5,000 families in Lebanon every month. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org to learn more. Your support helps buy supplies from local farms and factories, employ truckers to ship the food, all to let these families know they are not forgotten. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org and donate today. And join us next week at 6 a.m. for Good Sunday Morning with Father Father Andre. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.